Welcome back. Alfie, you could not have chosen a better song. No, excuse me. I could not have chosen a better song. I love that song. I love the show The Jeffersons. Just a game up man here. Yeah, that's right. Now, do you know, uh, now the Jeffersons was a spinoff. Can you tell me? Our, um, was uh, Archie uh, Bunker. No, um, um, what was the show that he was on? All in uh, the Family. All in the Family. Thank yes. you. Yes, it was a spinoff. I knew that. Correct. And it was directed by the guy who directed so many popular shows. Norman back Lee. Then. Thank you. Or well, he, he created had, the show. He had tons. Correct. Oh yeah, I'm sorry, but he. Okay, he was a producer. Yes, he was the creator of the show. Just like one day, uh, one day at a time was also yeah. a, a Norman spinoff Lear show. as well. Yes, oh, spinoff yes. as well. Wow. No, uh, no, that show was not a spinoff, but uh, but no. another show that Norman Lear oh. created in, in his uh, tremendous. Uh, television career. Love it. Hey, we have got a great guest on with us, John Birchfield, our favorite lender. John, welcome back, sir. Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, in the last, we are just rocking and rolling. Alfie and I are just moving right along here. On the last segment of the show, we have our, our Anyone Can Be a Millionaire segment, and mm. we have a survey from, um, and this is not anywhere to be, so it was depressing because we told people that you needed a million dollars to be a millionaire, and then we're telling them that other people think you need more if to be considered rich. So this is a survey uh, that was put out by CNBC that wants to know how much money a person needs to have in order to be considered rich. And so I would love your thoughts on this before we move into the mortgage-related topics. Wow. How much to be considered rich? Yep. How much money, net worth, does someone need to have in order to be considered rich? Okay, so net worth, net worth. I would probably put that number, uh, golly, right around the $1.5 million mark. Hey, you're getting, you're, you're getting closer. Now. So the survey results were $2.3 million. Baby boomers think you need to have $2.6 million. Gen X, which is me and you, John, two, or you might be a little younger than No, you're Gen X. $2.6 million. And then millennials think you need to have $2.2 million. So Al Alfie and I have just trashed all of the dreams of all of the people who listen to the show because we say every week that you can be a millionaire. Anyone can be a millionaire by having a million dollars, and now we're telling them you have to have $2.3 million in order to be rich. It's really not fair. If I were you listening, if I, if I were the people listening today, I would not listen anymore. This show is too confusing. <laughs> Don't you think, Alfie? I would not listen anymore. Yeah, this is ridiculous. Like turn, this turn, is turn, ridiculous. What's it take to turn be a multimillionaire? Uh, oh, multimillionaire, two point six times two, uh, four point six. A lot, of, a lot of money. Two point six because if if two point three, you're rich. Then you're multi-rich when you have twice that much because you have two yeah. two segments of that. Right. That That's makes good. sense. Yeah. Logical. Yeah. I'm not an economist, but you're, I play one on the radio. I mean, you're getting Elton John money. <laughs> I'm right not there. an economist, but I play one on the radio. Elton John money. Rolling Stone money. Now they're yeah. they're millionaires. They're rich. I, they're I think they have Stone. waypoint. Alfie, we're going to have to do some kind of remedial economics lesson with you. If you think that Rolling Stones have got 4.6 million, actually, that could be true. That could be Are you kidding se- me? Several of them, that might be all they have left. Well, I mean, I'm sure they've collected that much money over the years. I mean, I, I can't. Hundreds of millions. I can't say they have it Hundreds still. Hundreds of millions. Hundreds of millions. Okay, hey, John Birchfield. Yeah. I, we have gotten a lot of questions recently about loans to buy raw land and about. Yeah construction financing. So how do I buy the land and how do I build something on it? So can you just jump into that? Because I'm going to tell you from 2008 to 2012, all of the financing programs I saw for <clears throat> raw land and construction financing were the no program. Like, no, we don't. No, we don't. No, we can't. No, we won't. <laughs> we're not I mean, going to and never. Yeah, that's and, exactly yeah. right. I, I mean, even, here's how you could get land financing. Pay cash for it from 2008 to 13. I, I know it sounds like I'm exaggerating, but I don't think I am. No, that was it. Yeah, yep. You're not exaggerating at all. Yep. Um, but uh, the market has definitely come back to that type of lending, especially over the last 24 months. There's been more advancements in that. Okay. And the reason is, is, 
simple. There's a need, yep. you know, and need brings uh, uh, or bears the fruit of, yeah. of some type of solution. Yep. And and the need is is that there's not enough houses to put people into, so we got to build more of them. And one way to do that is to is to provide financing that will allow a family to go buy just raw land, something that they want to build on or a lot uh, that they want to build on, and then. Uh, provide the construction financing so we can get the house out of the ground. So so how does that work? So does somebody have to be absolute pure gold uh, from a credit standpoint, income standpoint, in order to get a loan for land? And can they get – so getting a loan for land and then getting a loan to improve that land or to build a house on it, are those two different things or are they all the same thing? And I'm not, no, sorry, sorry I, asked you, I asked you two yeah. questions at the same time. I'm going to answer both. Okay, thanks. They can be either. You can you can uh, buy the land and then choose to build on it later. Okay. Uh, or you can roll it up into all as one transaction. So you find a lot, you want to get started on it right away. We can purchase the lot and start funding the construction of the of the uh, the dwelling on it all at the same time. Into your first question about do you have to be perfect? No, okay. not at all. Okay. Um, there's many programs that are now hitting the marketplace that can allow for you know the random credit ding. Credit doesn't have to be perfect. Uh, your debt ratios don't have to be super super low. Okay. Um, you know there are flexibility within those guidelines now for the first time. Most importantly. Um, it was always typical to need 20, maybe even 30% down payment for, for vacant to land, do something like that, for vacant yeah, land, for vacant land or okay. to even start the construction on a house. Oh, uh, we'd be looking for around 20%. Down All right. Payment. So what, if somebody was getting a loan just on raw land today, what would the minimum required down payment be? We're going to be looking for 20% on just the raw land. All right. Got it. So when you start though, doing the construction to perm or whatever mm-hmm. it's called, and you'll talk about that, are there, are there options because you have improvements on it to have less money involved? Yeah. Yeah. Then you, then we're talking about just as little as 5% down of the entire project. So not the full 20 or 25%. That's amazing. So really sure. when you, <clears throat> when you start that improvement, that's where the lender sees the stability and the value. It must be, I mean, that's where the lender feels safe. Right? Is that, yeah, exactly. Is that a right well, way to starts, say that? It, yeah, it starts the clock ticking. That's how you're. That's how you're minimizing risk to the lender. Because when it is raw land, let's, you know, the the risk management is always about the borrower having some type of financial crisis where they can't pay you back. Oh, and, and then and then because there's they're not living in the dwelling there because there's not one, they're like, oh well, I'm just going to let the land go. But that makes it's sense. It's going to be the first about thing that. you stop making payment yeah, on. Yeah, is just the land because you don't you don't have to have it. Right. Uh, but once we get that house out of the ground and we're moved in and we're uh, you know taking showers and cooking bacon. And we're going to figure out a way to make that is, payment. Is that what you stores. do in your house? Take showers and cook bacon? I've never that's heard that all description I do. before. <laughs> I love Sometimes that. Sometimes at the same time. You must be on a secret. keto diet. I love that. Well, if you've just joined us, you are listening to uh, Your Move Atlanta on AM 640 Atlanta's home to Fox News Radio. We're joined on the line here this morning by John Birchfield of Brand Mortgage. Uh, if you are interested in land loan or construction to perm loan or construction financing or refinance or anything, John is our recommended lender. He has the heart of a teacher, and we believe he is the right choice to get your loan. 678-226-7887. Again, 678-226-7887. If you don't remember all those numbers, just go to Your Move Atlanta and uh, ask us to have John Birchfield give you a call, and we will absolutely do that. So, hey, talk to me about the process of going from a construction loan to a perm. Are those two different loans? How does that work? Not anymore. Okay. We're going to close the construction financing as a, what's called a one-time close construction perm. 
And all that means is is that we're going to fund the construction uh, little by little, loan balance growing over time as the builder needs the funding to improve the project. And then once the project is completely finished, the loan simply modifies. It's an automatic kind of deal that the that we, the servicer of the loan, takes care of uh, to convert it into a 30-year fully amortizing mortgage like any other and even have the ability to float the interest rate down to whatever the market rate is at that particular point in oh, time. So you get the best of the worlds. If it's lower, then you're, so, you're, you're protected, but it, it can't go any higher to what you lock in in the first place? Is yeah, you're correct? protected because you know exactly what your fixed mm. interest rate is. But if it happens to be lower when we get that house out of the ground, we're going to give you that lower rate. And so if you did that, and if you've just joined us, uh, John Birchfield of Brand Mortgage and I are talking uh, construction to perm financing. And so if you had a construction to perm loan and you had $50,000 borrowed on that loan for the land, I'm just making up uh, values here, all you're mm-hmm. paying interest on is the 50000 And then if you borrow another 200000 to build a house, then you're paying interest on the 250000 Am I right or am I wrong? You're totally right. Okay. We're going to take that 200000 to build the house over several different draws. So it might be 50000 initially, and then, then the builder needs a $30,000 okay. draw. Yeah, yeah. Well, that and makes so sense. Forth and so, forth. so that's a great option. So if you're interested in, in in learning more about this type of financing, John Birchfield, Brand Mortgage, 678-226-7887. Hey, I have to tell you, uh, if you like what you hear on the show and you want to listen to it in between shows or if you miss shows, just go download our podcast. Go to Apple Podcast and type in Cleve Gaddis or go to SoundCloud or go to Stitcher. Any of those, type in Cleve Gaddis. You'll pull up the podcast. It'll actually uh, download those to you every single week, four segments at a time, each segment 10 minutes. John, thank you so much for being on the show. We appreciate it. Alfie and I got to take a quick break. When we come back, is showing traffic picking up or slowing down in the U.S.? We'll answer that question and more. Stick with us. We'll be back. <laughs> 